Rockheads, pour some Vermont maple sugar in your coffee, and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Rory Blythe. This is Jeff Misiolik, here to announce show number 90 with guest Julie Lerman, recorded live Friday, November 19th, 2004. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering hands-on VBNet, ASP.NET, and C-Sharp classes. Online at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, Microsoft Technologies in-depth for IT managers and developers, online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who can't wait to hear Julie's big secret, Carl Franklin! Hey, hey, hey. It's Carl. How you doing? Welcome to another stellar, stellar episode of .NET Rocks. I'm Carl Franklin in New London, Connecticut, and as always, my partner in crime, Will. Not as always, but not in the last couple of weeks, but it's good to have you back, Rory. <laughs> How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, this is my first time on, on the new old show format. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little confused. So what do we do? Do we like talk for 12 seconds, then we just turn it right over to the interview, or, <laughs> or what do we do? And then do I have to shut up the whole time, or can I talk? Oh, no, no, absolutely. You can, you can talk. Of course, I want you to talk. And, and we're okay, still, cool. still going to have fun, so don't worry. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to be totally dry and stale. Um, we're still going to have some fun. We're just not going to do the extra bits. That's all. But of okay. course, we're going to be ourselves, and we can't be ourselves without having fun, right? I'm I'm down with that though because I became a DNR fan based on the old DNR format. Yeah. So for me to get to go back to this, it's almost kind of like what would have happened if if it, it might be kind of how you might feel if you joined the Rolling Stones now and they somehow managed to bring back Brian Jones, <laughs> even though Mick had him killed in that swimming pool accident like such a long time ago. But that's kind of what it would feel like. You know, so for me, getting to go back is kind of cool, even though I was never a part of the old show. Getting right. to, you know, kind of do the old show is pretty neat. Or like if you were on a new version of Star Trek and you'd go <laughs> back and, and film it on like the old Star Trek bridge would be really cool. And yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, but no, it's exactly kind of that's so exactly right. Traditional. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it's all about. But yeah. I, I certainly do want to hear about what uh, what's been going on for you with you with the last couple of weeks. What, what have you been doing? Oh, man. Okay. Well, wow. <laughs> I've been on the road for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, living out of a suitcase, I'm so used to it that um, my suitcase is actually still uh, full of my clothes, and I'm still pulling clothes in and out of it in the morning. <laughs> um, I, I have not unpacked, but I've kind of been everywhere. I went to Colorado. I, I went to Vegas. Um, I went to Washington, went to Oregon, went back to Washington, went back to Oregon. And then I may have even gone back to Washington again, but I don't really remember. <laughs> and now I'm back in Oregon and I'm about to go back to Washington. And then after that, I'm going to go back to Vegas. And I mean, I've just been like busy, 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 but having a great time. I've been, I've been doing a lot of uh, MSDN events. Um, had a great crowd out in, out in Denver, Colorado. You know when you've connected with a crowd where you leave the theater for just a minute and you come back and somebody has hidden all of the prizes that you're going to give away at the end of the talk, <laughs> you know? So I'm in this room with like, with like 100 people wow. and uh, they're all grinning at me, yeah. you know? And it's because they had taken all the swag and like deposited it in, this, <laughs> in, in all these nooks and crannies and then they played, the whole audience played hot and cold with me. Oh, man. <laughs> when I was trying to find them. <laughs> it, was, it was embarrassing and hilarious at the same time. But no, that that was a great crowd. What so kind I, I've of been having a good time? What kind of stuff are you showing off in uh, in those MSDN events? We're doing we're just doing like uh, just good old fashioned tech talk, right? Um, like this quarter, we're we're talking about OOP and VBNet for oh, all the cool. VB sixers who haven't totally made the transition. 
Yeah, that's sort of my uh, the thing that I've been doing too. Um, it's uh, you're like a C sharp guy, but you've had to sort of do the VB net thing. How's that going? Yeah, yeah, and w- actually, um, we are in direct competition with you. That was our goal at the beginning <laughs> was to put Carl Franklin down. <laughs> no, um, our talk is a little different than yours. Yeah, um, I, I actually really your talk is a little more like from the cuff, you know, or, yeah. or a little off the cuff. I mean, it's yep. it's a little more. Uh, there's just more Carl in it. This one, you know, it's a little more straightforward and technical, but it, it's still good. And each presenter puts their own spin on it. That's cool. And we're doing MapPoint web services and uh, ASP.NET 1.1 optimization and, and performance tuning and then finishing up with ASP.NET 2.0 uh, membership and personalization. So it's fun. The ASP.NET 2.0 stuff is always fun. You can just make st- – I don't know if you've done any Widby demos yet, but you can just make stuff up <laughs> and people love it. It doesn't matter what it is. You can just make things up oh, right God. on the spot and, and people are just like, wow, that's awesome. I- until you realize you don't know how to do something that you're trying to do. I was going to say, you can answer any question, yes or no. Just take your pick. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, because nobody knows yet. It's nobody still Beta knows. 1, nothing set in stone. Sure. I remember that yeah. experience with Beta 1. Totally. I, yeah. I totally remember that experience with Beta 1 uh, of 1.0 and, uh, you know, where, where there were things that nobody knew. And, of course, yeah. uh, you know, I was, gr- I was glad to be in classes where people were as curious as I was. And so they let me sort of hack, you know. I don't know. Let's yeah. find out. Do you guys mind? You know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's. Yeah, no, I'm doing that, too. And I love that. When an audience member says, well, can you do this? And you go, well, I actually have no idea. So let's, let's give it a shot, you know. And you fail in front of everybody. But there's something nice because it's all kind of happened together. Yeah. You know? And I love that. Th- those days are fabulous, fabulous days. When you've got an audience that is willing to let you fail yep. on, on a 20-foot diagonal screen. Yeah, um, it's great. And, and, and still be nice to you afterwards. You've had a good day. I think so. they like that. I mean, I don't want to get into a big conversation about it, but I think they like seeing somebody you know work through problems and struggle and, and figure things out. There's value yeah. to that. As long as, as long as you don't try to pretend like you knew it all along, you know, that's, that never works. And then you, <laughs> right. And you can never. No, what I what I do in those cases, I just say, "Hey, man, you know, I work for Microsoft. I know everything." Right. So. Well, well, let me tell you what I've been doing this uh, week. I was about to ask. You know, I was about to ask. Oh. I'm not a totally rude co-host. I was about to ask you how your day was going. Well, so, go so ahead. Let me just do that, Carl. How has your time been going? <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've been teaching this week. I actually taught four guys from CarMax, CarMax.com. They uh, it's a company that I did some. Uh, training for down in Virginia uh, earlier in the year, and there was four more guys that they came up, and uh, they were really, really good students. I mean, they were they really understood everything. They they could keep up with the typing, you know, which is always yeah. a prerequisite in my class because I go a mile a minute, and uh, and they enjoyed it, you know. And and a lot of times they just got stuff like they didn't ask questions, and you know, the kind of questions that I normally get it. it so we we buzzed through a lot of material, and that was good. But uh, last night, um, the we we sometimes have band rehearsals on Tuesday nights, and uh, this one this Tuesday night we didn't have it, and we had it on Thursday night instead. But um, my drummer Steve Kermitis is actually a manager in a Microsoft shop, and manages a, a team of developers up in uh, up in Connecticut, Bloomfield area, and he wrote or i don't know if he wrote but a friend of his maybe wrote some words to the to the to the tune taxman by the beatles mm-hmm. uh for for one of their guys who is responsible for putting out patches you know patches for software the patch man. so it's the yeah. patch man and if you're looking for the url for the lyrics uh i'm going to play it now cuz we recorded it 
It's www.shrinkster.com slash 29Y. And here's uh, Patchman. This is my brother and I singing, by the way. Man, and got a little bit of free time out there in Connecticut, do you, Carl? <laughs> it's something. It's always interesting to me when someone has like a lot of talent, and sometimes they just use it for total kicks. You know? Well, you and, know, we and put together something like that. We like to do it when we can. Yeah. <laughs> Can't always do it. But so it, I like this new format. Instead of um, breaking it up into little segments, we're just hitting it, you know, all at the front of the show instead. So true. we're just gonna have like forty-five minutes of. Bam! And then we'll, we'll, well, we'll not, get to you, Julie. Not 45. In fact, we're done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, well, time, it's time to okay. talk to Julie. Uh, and by the way, if you want the lyrics for that, that's uh, www.shrinkster.com slash 29Y. 
to get the lyrics to Patchman because it's kind of fun. And it's kind of hard to hear the words, of course, you know. Hard to hear the words in any song that was recorded before 1980. Anyway, uh, Julie Lerman is the owner of Julie Lerman Incorporated, DBA, The Data Farm, and has been developing software applications and consulting to businesses since 1984. She's the founder and leader of the Vermont.net Users Group, as well as co-chair of the INETA User Group Relations Committee, a Microsoft.net uh, MVP, and an ASP Insider. Uh, she speaks at conferences like DevTeach, Dev Days, Syscon's Edge East, and ASP.NET Connections. And uh, check out Julie's weblog at www.thedatafarm.com slash blog. Will you please welcome my good friend, Julie Lerman. How are you, Julie? Hey, Carl. Great. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Julie, do you know Rory? Uh, no, Rory. That's kind of odd, considering the fact that the last time you saw me, Julie, you came running into my arms. <laughs> That's yes, funny. Yes, of course I know Rory. Oh, all right. Well, he's here, too. Sorry, guys. If, if there was any noise just now, um, I was opening a window because my neighbors turned on the heat, and now it's really hot in the room, and I can't focus when it's really hot, and my air conditioner seems to be broken, and all this stuff happened, but I'm sorry, so go on. At least okay. you got rid of that. How are you? At least you got rid of that damn dog. Man, I miss that dog. Don't talk to me about that dog. Hi, Julie. How's it going? Gosh, I thought you were talking about my dogs. No, they're sleeping. Yeah, the no. doorbell rings, then we're in big trouble. And Which reminds me. Hey, Julie, how's it going? <laughs> and, All right. And how um, is Vermont tonight? Yeah, it's pretty quiet. It's been dark for a couple hours, three yeah. hours now. So, you know, you want to kind of go to sleep at 5 o'clock these days. Yeah. What uh, What you been up to lately? Um, well, as you guys know, I was just out in Las Vegas, which was a whole lot of fun. Yes, that it was. That was my first real big conference I got to speak at. Oh, really? And, uh, so it was a lot of fun to be out there. I'd never seen Vegas before. Went out to the desert with Kathleen Dollard a couple of days before that started, which was why we missed your big party. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We, we... What were you guys doing out in the desert? Was this like a big Jim Morrison peyote thing, or, or were you just <laughs> hanging out, or what? I'm just telling no, actually, we went to Zion. Um, we we had this great plan. We were going to camp out, you know, do all this stuff. And finally, we were like, no, forget it. We're going to stay in a nice motel or hotel and <laughs> have the internet access and work on our <laughs> sessions and, and do all that stuff. So we, you know, went hiking and drove around in the mountains during the day and in the canyons and then worked at night and then drove into Las Vegas. There's a lot, a lot of great hiking out there. there. I've never seen anything yeah. like it before. There's a lot of great places to hike out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't hike much. You know, you can probably <laughs> tell probably tell by my pear-shaped ass, you know, that I don't <laughs> I don't hike that much, but uh but I do I, I remember Don Kylie was talking about it and uh a whole bunch of other and Jeff when we were out there was like, "Man, you know, I want to come out here and hike." Yeah. Yeah, we got to plan maybe next year, you know, definitely do some camping and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, we can walk. You don't have to hike. So what were you yakking about at the conference? Um, I had three different presentations, and I tend to be all over the map. Um, so I did one on WYSI, which is kind of my new favorite topic. And mm-hmm. I did a the 
I think, the fourth iteration of my What's New in the Base Class Libraries in Whidbey talk. Mm -hmm. Kind of focused that for um, ASP.NET developers because I was my uh, tagline for that is, there's more to .NET than system.web.star. Mm -hmm. And my third talk was a tablet PC talk. Cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That one, um, actually, it was kind of funny. When I originally scheduled to do that, it was the only tablet talk in the whole show. And then the tablet team decided to come, and they did a whole pre-con day. Hmm. And then in addition to that, they did, I think, five sessions during the regular conference also. So my... my, uh, session shifted a number of times over the last couple of days before I did it because it was like, oh, we just did your talk, so you got to do something else. Hmm. Oh, well, we just did that talk, so you got to do something <laughs> else. <laughs> but it was actually fun because uh, you know the Doodle app that I did, yeah. Carl, you actually yeah. wrote a Doodle yeah. on it. So I yeah. just broke that apart and explained how I, how I did that one. Cool. How do you think the uh, tablet is being utilized or how well is it being accepted or... What am I trying to say? You know what I mean. Received. Is it, is it catching on? It's definitely, you know, one of those questionable things these days because it's not catching on as quickly as people had expected it to. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who are really naysaying it. And I don't think the tablet's uh, um, an all-or-nothing kind of an option right now. Mm. I think it's just going to eventually find its way into all of our lives, it's and cer- that's just what yeah. a, a laptop will be. Yeah, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, that the tablet isn't necessarily meeting some people's expectations, and therefore is taking a bit of flack, doesn't really indicate, and I'm, you know, I know you didn't say this, but I just want to make it clear for everybody, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the platform or that it isn't doing just well, it's just that. simply that it's not meeting some expectations, and, right. and in my opinion, that's probably just a problem with the expectations. I mean, any new technology, and of course, the idea of a pen-based computer is not all that new, but... But, you know, of the tablet PC platform, it always takes a while, you know, for these things to, to get adopted. And that's just reality. I was going to say, exactly. Right now, I think a lot of people say, well, you know, what am I going to do with it? And if it doesn't answer an immediate problem, mm-hmm. you know, people don't see that. But I think what's happened is most, not all, but a lot of people, once you put a tablet in their hands and they play with it, they're like, well, this is fun. Yeah. Precisely. That's exactly yep. right. Yep. And, and it's kind of like out of the oh, box, sorry. I think, also is a big deal. I mean, this is the first mm-hmm. time in 20 years I've gotten to write applications that weren't data entry applications. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just fun to have something new to do and new to play with. Yeah. Yeah, but there's you... a lot more. I mean, there's certainly a lot of seriously vertical markets that, you know, it's just such an easy answer for the healthcare market. Construction. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, you're, you can take documents and redline them out on, in the field. And I just like to think of it as any place where you would be carrying around a clipboard. Hmm. You know, because carrying around a clipboard, filling out a form, bringing the form back to the office, somebody sits down in front of a computer and enters that data into a computer program. Right there is another, you know, quick replacement for the tablet PC in a lot of cases. You're, you're right, though, about sticking them in front of people. Because it... it People don't really realize what you can do with them until they're actually holding one and they start using one, and, and you kind of see that excitement show up in their in their eyeballs when they go, "Oh crap! How much is this thing? Because I need to get one, you know, like right now." And I think it's the same deal with web services, not just like web services in terms of, you know, well we've got like uh, something that's kind of like XML remoting, but but web services in terms of like Amazon, 
right? Where suddenly you have something that you might not have known you wanted or that you might not have thought was possible. But when you start using it and you realize how powerful it is and how much it changes the way you can do things, that's when it gets exciting. I kind of see the tablet working there. And, and I think you're right in that you have to put it in front of somebody's you know eyes before they're really going to get that. Otherwise, you're just going to hear a bunch of catchphrases. It also um, takes time, right? It, it takes time for, for somebody with vision to implement a solution that is going to utilize that. I mean, it's not like a... You can, it's not like a laptop or uh, you know anything else that you, you know they all work the same. And you can just sort of replace your old slow machines with new faster machines, and everything still works. You know you have to write software for it. You have to design architecturally design your systems for the tablet. Right, so. and that, that's the thinking out of the box part. Right. I mean, a lot of us developers, and I, you know, I I, I feel like I'm starting finally after all these years to shift a little bit. But I've always been a programmer who looks for solutions, who has a problem and looks for solutions. And I've always been in awe of people who look at technology and think of what you can do with it instead of just looking, you know, saying, oh, I have a problem, how am I going to solve it? Right. Because when, you know, a lot of times solving the problem, you're just going to go as far as what exists out there. You're not going to go farther. What I did with a tablet when I first got it was I wanted to force myself to think beyond what I knew about programming, which is data entry. And I started looking at a lot of other types of programs people were writing, like the, um, you know, the, the math, the, oh, sorry, I can't think of what it's called. There's a math program where you can actually write in ink formulas, and, hmm. and, it, and it translates them. Not formulas like one plus one, but formulas that you can't type on a keyboard. So, you know, a lot of people look at the tablet and they just think of it as, okay, well, you know, I can type faster than I can write. Right. Right. So I started thinking about, well, what can't you do with a keyboard? Yeah. So those are, those are, that's some of the thinking out of the box. But there's a lot of much smarter people who are going to go way beyond <laughs> my logic, that's for sure. I- I wouldn't fault yourself too much for that. I mean, you're a consultant. Your job isn't really to be, you know, like a visionary. Your job is actually to use existing tools and things that your customers are going to feel safe with. Like, you're, you're still maintaining Fox Pro Code, unless I'm, I'm incorrect, aren't you? I mean, you still got, I mean, you've got everything from .NET to, like, access to Fox Pro stuff, I would imagine, that you're still working with. Um, oh, do I have to admit that? <laughs> you don't have to admit it. We can mark it down as rumor right now, and we don't have to. Yeah, this isn't a big secret, though. This should have been. Um, I, ha- I do have... A couple of Fox Pro 2.6 applications out there that I still maintain for some clients, and you know, we we every year we go, oh, how much longer can we you know, <laughs> hold out with this before we spend another you know thirty thousand dollars or so to rewrite it? Um, yeah, and I have a couple of access programs. I've at least gotten those people to move up to Access 2003, so that when I have to touch their programs, um, you know, we don't have all those compatibility problems. Yeah. But, you know, those are old programs, but they work. They, they, they do solve their problems. Yeah, and I've been, I've used a lot of different software, but I've been with Visual Basic for a long time now. Yeah. That's the reality, though, for a consultant, right? So, I mean, that's what happens. You will have old code like that. Julie, can I tell you one thing that I've, that I've been impressed uh, with about you? Really? If you don't mind. Okay. You, you, to me, are sort of like the quintessential networker. You know, you're, you're like the person that I would like to know in this business because you may not have 
technically, you know, you may not work technically on all these different issues and, and have the answer from experience, but you know everybody who has the experience and what they have experience in. And you're, you're like the first person to hook them up, you know. I, I, it's an amazing thing, Roy. If you ever had dinner with Julie and she's talking with somebody and somebody brings up an issue like could be anything. It doesn't even have to be technology. She'll say, oh, you know what? I should introduce you to my friend blah, blah, blah in New York City who runs this company that yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like automatic with her. And and it's really true in, in uh, .NET too. So, yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, it's very impressive. I, I think sometimes my short-term memory isn't very good. Um, my husband always says I have Lyme's disease or something like that. But – you know, I don't. I don't know. My head is definitely like a Rolodex for stuff like that. Yeah, and it's fun. It's it's really fun. It's. I mean, before even with being part of the community, just even parties. You know, regular. Uh, just socially, it was so much fun to bring people together from all my little different worlds yeah. and find the things about them that that definitely connected them when they wouldn't have ever right. thought of it. Right. So I appreciate you noticing that. It's um. It's. I think it's one of the things that's gotten me to stand out a little bit. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. And it brings me great pleasure to do it, too. It's a lot of fun. Because, you know, I think a lot of people think of networking as something you do for yourself. Right. Networking to find a job, networking, basically, really, oh, that's what people network. Yeah, and I definitely don't it's, get it's that idea. I, I was going to say, I definitely don't get that idea about you. I. You know, you do it as as a uh, as a favor to people. You know, you two should hook up. Um, it's pretty pretty awesome. Well, thanks, Carl. Yeah, I like that. So I'm an ASP.NET developer, and I want to know what's new in the BCL. Well, you should have attended my session, right? <laughs> but uh, but I was drunk in Vegas, Julie. So why don't you just tell me? <laughs> Come on, give me, give me a, give me. You something. want me to tell you some of the things that I think are are pretty cool, not, yeah. not, and not the things that everybody talks about, like generics and things. And, right. You know, those items because they get a lot of play. Sure. Let's hear um, the gems. One one of the things I think is really cool is the debugger visualizer, which is inside of the diagnostics namespace, and that's something I um, I demo in that talk and I show people in that talk and. Um, I'm going to write an article about it for Code Magazine. I promise. I keep saying I'm going to do that. Um, so that's something that's actually cool. And they—they've just one of the things that they've done in in the base classes is not replace things, but improve um, improve a lot of things. Maybe give you an alternate way of doing some things that are already in there. Mm-hmm. And one of the points of my of the reason I like talking about that and presenting on those things is you could just go into .NET 2.0 and just do things exactly the same. You know, your code's not going to break. Things are still going to work. So you're right. not going to know that there are these little things here and there, like um, even um, something like web client. You can FTP now with a web client class, which wow. you couldn't do before. And mm-hmm. that was something, you know, that was one of those things I definitely remember because I spent a lot of t- time trying to FTP with a web client class in mm. an application mm. because there was nothing anywhere that said you couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, it talks about uploading files and downloading files. Finally, somebody told me you can't do that. You know, so they added that in there. It's like they did that just for me. 
<laughs> yeah. That's cool. A lot yeah, of great, so lot of great stuff. When I do that, that presentation, or if you looked at that deck, most of what that is, it's like the list. You know, when, when you first get your hands on uh, a new version of something, what's the, your big question? What's new? You know, where's the list? I want to see the list of what's new. And there wasn't a list anywhere. Hmm. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying, I'm kind of doing in there. But, you know, since I'm in front of people, I can also demo some of the things and show a little code. Well, we'll throw us a few more bones. I mean, you're not going to ruin your talk here because nobody listens to the show. So, so just you know, a couple more items. Um, boy, I want. Uh, can I can I cheat and open up my my presentation? Yeah. Do you want me to like hum while you do that or sing or anything? Yeah, sure. We could actually play the uh, the Burning Man song. I've been away from it for like you know four days or something like that. So might have forgotten it all. That's all right. We'll, we'll we'll play a little song while you're doing that. This is Julie looking in her session right now. Because they told you I have a really bad short-term memory. I hear Christmas dancing, dancing all all right, that's enough of that. Well, another one of the things that actually intrigued me a lot, and um, it was less, more for Windows development stuff and also some of the new, um, maybe some middle tier, is that you can actually control client-side caching on a request by request basis. Mm-hmm. When I first when I first saw that, I thought of being able to do that with web pages, which doesn't really make sense because your web server can't really control what's going on in your computer's cache. Um, but with the, the this, these are called policy cache, and I'm I'm not saying exactly the right the right class. It's in system dot hash. That's good. Everybody's going to forget by the time 2005 is actually out. So you can just get it close enough for now, and that'll be good enough. So, but it's in there. It's called a policy cache, and you can actually control um, how stale maybe. You know, you can, if something's cached locally, say you write a, a Windows application that maybe you're downloading a PDF file from a, a web server, right, a web application and you've got a, maybe a Windows front end or something like that, or even your middle tier is going out and getting that. But the, the easiest way to, to understand it is if you think about it being on the client machine. And maybe that, um, that PDF is really, really resource-intensive to create on the server or to send down the pipe. So you can actually, when you write this little Windows application, this smart client that calls out to the web server to get that PDF file, you can... Tell it something like, you know, if the, this particular request, the response from this quest, request is less than one day old, then just take it out of the cache. If it's more than a day old, go ahead and get it. Um, huh. You can control it by, by time, and there's a couple of different ways. There's max age, there's freshness, there's staleness. So, you know, it's kind of like if you can understand bread, maybe it'll help you a little bit. <laughs> um, and you can also do it by location. So you can say just, you know, if um, I've got something in my cache, just always take it from the cache or never take it from the cache. Hmm. But you can also do it on a request-by-request basis. Um, other little things, I actually had a whole presentation I did a couple years ago on, on streaming because streaming is really something you unfortunately need to understand even if you want to do some of the most simplest things like open up a file. Yeah, streams. Text out of the file. Right. And you had to under... 
I mean, you could just copy somebody's code and, and write the way to do it, but if something went wrong, then you're kind of screwed because, um, you know, you don't know how to problem solve. So I yeah. thought it was better to understand how streams work. So if something went wrong, you'd go, oh, wait a minute, I didn't close the stream. And it's mm. not fair for a lot of programmers to just make them have to do all that work just to open up a text file and right. read it into a string in .NET. So now they have file.readall and file.writeall. Huh. So it's, it's just one line of code. It just returns, you know, if it's readall, it just returns the text. You know, one thing that's really cool about the stream, well, it's really interesting. I don't know if it's cool, but it's certainly an issue, is that there's so many ways to do everything. Like you said, there's so many ways to open a file and read the data. You can do it with just a raw stream, or you can do it with a stream reader and a couple lines of code. Now you can do it with one line of code. And yeah, it's, it's important to know like what you give up when you, when you use a, something that's higher level. You know, in terms of file access and read only, write only. We, you know, what what are the what are the default options? Well, and that's um, with some of this stuff that they have simplified. It, you're losing the options if you want to do some of the if you want to do some of the more complex stuff. Then you can go ha- have to get into the deeper classes. To yeah. Do it. So um, there's you know there's not a lot that you can do other than this. For example, with one of the things that you wouldn't be able to do with the file dot read all that um, that you can that is new actually in dot net which is really really cool is that you can ACLE, um a new file or a new directory you can actually as you create a new file or a new directory you can set the permissions for it as hmm. you create it is that the coolest thing yeah. I mean, all that stuff people had to learn about about using ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another one of those things. It's like I just want to have to do this. I just want to do this one little thing. Why do I have to learn all of that plumbing in order to accomplish this one little thing? So, being able to do that, set the permissions for a new file or a new directory, is really really cool. But you're not going to get that if you're just doing file dot write all. You're not going to get that kind of complexity. Hey, Julie, Brian Noyes is in the chat room, and uh, he says one of the things that is cool about 2.0 with respect to ASP.NET is that you don't have to use ASP.NET anymore. <laughs> you can use smart clients and click once. <laughs> and Sahil says, yes, Brian, we know. Yes, when I, Brian. Um, I looked through some of the evals from my, um, you know, at, at Connections, and one one of the comments, only one person said this about that particular talk. He said, "I think it was a he. I don't think there was any women in that in the room that day." Um, he had said, um, "This is an ASP conference. You know, why are we talking about this stuff?" But it, <laughs> it was the whole re- that was exactly the point because right. I think with there's right. so much cool new stuff in ASP.NET, um, especially in you know kind of like the in in system.web and on the on the UI front there's so much cool stuff there that I think a lot of people are going to focus on that and they're not going to see all this other really really useful goo underneath yeah so uh is this a good time to bring up your your dirty little secret that you've been <laughs> telling us about in email all day <laughs> all day i think i just told you once <laughs> Well, you said you were going to say something on on .dot net rocks that I don't know. We're we're all. Uh, well, do you want to ask me a little bit about my 
my background, maybe. Yeah, your sorted past. Okay. I've worked. All right. No, out with it. <laughs> Get out with it. Okay. Well, let's see. Okay. So I, I've had a, a different kind of background in my career than a lot of programmers. As, mm-hmm. as most people know, I, I wasn't really a CS major or anything like that. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Well, this had nothing to do with my... I did... I did get a really good education, um, but I did when I first moved to New York. Um, I one of my one of my first jobs in New York. I ended up working at Playboy magazine for wait no 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 the first one it was Penthouse. Okay. I worked at Penthouse magazine for two years. Now, what exactly did you do there? Oh, do I have to tell that part too? <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually I started out. Oh God, I started out in the circulation department. I was hoping to get over to Omni magazine, right? Because yeah. they also published Omni. Right. And uh, so that was the hook for getting me in there. I started in the circulation department working for this guy. I probably shouldn't say his name. God forbid, you know, it, it, things go, come around and go around. Mm-hmm. But um, he, 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 this is a guy who had been very, very successful in the newsstand business. And his, with his knowledge, he ended up being like the head of all circulation for Penthouse, which is wow. a really big, big deal, big deal job. Yeah. And here I came in with my fancy college education, so I had to like correct all of his e- his letters that went out. We didn't have emails back then, you Right, right, letters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I worked. I worked there, and then I got scooped up into the accounting department. Oh, and so this is ah. really exciting now, right? You're hoping I work somewhere more interesting. Well, yeah, personally. Um, but yeah. I did actually spend a lot of time hanging out with a friend of mine who was an et- he worked in editorial over at Penthouse. Mm-hmm. So we would check out some of the letters that came in. He worked for Xavier Hollander. Oh, right. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know anything about any of that. But. He would preview the letters that would come in and pick out which letters would go to Xavier Hollander. Oh, boy. And for, for her to answer. So I actually <laughs> learned a lot by, you know, at lunchtime, I'd go hang out with Mark. And <laughs> we would read a lot about what, Julie? I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, people usually basically use the same phrases over and over again. Yeah. Those letters. And you so, know, you know that there's like half that shit's made up, right? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one day my friend Peter and I thought it would be fun to write a letter ourselves. So we sat right. down and, and started working on that. And it just, Peter is a real wacko guy. So it got, the letter just started getting way too out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to bag the whole idea. But oh, yeah, man. We, we I mean, real people write them and send them in. Oh, sure. But, you know, there's there's but fantasies that yeah. set stuff up. Yeah, they're writers. Right. They're, but well, yeah, I, I learned a lot of kind of like tagline inside guy jokes that women don't normally normally know. <laughs> and it's fun because I actually, you know, I'll say something once in a while in passing that will just totally shock my husband. <laughs> 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 How do you know that? Girls aren't supposed to know that stuff. <laughs> Uh, then you worked for Playboy also? So, yeah, so then I went from there to natural history, you know, so that was like, you know, naked monkeys and stuff. And then I went from there to um, to Playboy magazine where I worked for a couple of years. And, you know, I was doing computer stuff there. And it was the advertising department in New York and hmm. went out to Chicago a bunch of times. But the coolest thing was I got to go to a Playmate of the Year party at Hef's hmm. Mansion uh-huh. one year. And so that was that was pretty interesting. My <laughs> boss and I were walking around, and I just kept saying to him, "Please, just 
just tell me these girls can't write computer programs. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were beautiful. And I saw the, um, oh, what's the, you know, the cave with a, the hot tub in it and the, the whole thing. Like, so, we're supposed yeah. to know that? Uh, the, what's that? Yeah. What's she I don't saying? know what she's, she's talking about. She's <laughs> Rory, Carl, help me out here. <laughs> what's the cave with oh, the, the hot... cave. The hot tub cave, yeah. The hot Grotto, tub. grotto. Ah, yeah, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I've been there so many times. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. so that's, that's it. Wowie, wowie. Do you still respect me? Well, yeah, actually, more than I thought I was going to, actually. <laughs> that's pretty tame compared to what I thought you were going to say. Oh. But, you know. Well, you know, my big joke is when I left Playboy, they pushed all the silicone cells. <laughs> But we're not going there. You know, you brought something up in the email you sent me earlier in the week that um, that made me think of something Rory posted on his blog once, and I know that you guys are have you know similar thinking about this. But there was a post that you wrote, Rory, once about uh, you know the fear, the things that you fear, the technologies that you fear. Like what are what are those things? And I know that Julie, you've been you've been talking and thinking about this a lot too. Uh, I answer, I saw that post and I answered. I think I answered it five seconds after you posted it, didn't I, Rory? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly, but um, you might have answered before I actually posted. Right. <laughs> like, uh, what's up with that? What's up with fear of technology? You know, like why? Why is everybody afraid of multi-threading or whatever or sockets or? It, it sounds. It sounds scary, and it and some of it is. You know, because we one of the things that's happened, and I think also. More for VB programs. People are coming over from VB6 and into .NET. Yeah. There's a lot more exposed. See, we're back to the Playboy thing again. Sorry, I can't <laughs> help it. Um, you know, we see a lot more of the plumbing, and we have access to a lot more of the plumbing than, yeah. than we ever had before. And you don't have to go there. You know, you can just keep writing, you know, uh, regular little applications, but, you know, you're not going to get... I mean, you can write an application without getting into that plumbing, but you can just really go so much farther if you start understanding that stuff. And it's confusing, and it's complicated, and it's so new that, um, you know, and a lot of the people who know it, when they talk about it, they just breeze right by it, like, oh, well, you know, everybody knows this. Yeah. And then that makes you feel worse because then you're embarrassed to ask about it. You know, it's like embarrassed to admit that you don't know it. Um so I'm, like, very proudly, you know, standing up there going, hey, I don't know this, and I'm a programmer who's been around for 20 years, so I don't see any reason for anybody else to feel bad about that. You know, these guys are plumbers. Yeah. However, you know, this, that doesn't mean it's not knowledge that we, that, you know, as normal programmers can acquire. And that's what I've been working on with WYSI. I decided... I want to be able to explain it to people the way, the way I wish somebody had been able to explain it to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of my raison d'etre right now. I've been working really hard on that. I, I, I'm with you 100%. Um, well, you're, you're like that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's um, you know, what really makes you special in the, in the training arena. You know, you really make a lot of stuff it, that people think, oh, well, that might be too hard. It's a you know, it's a big word, right, <laughs> whatever. Right, right. Um, it's just so new, you know, and it's so all about C, C++ or something like that. Um, and perspective also, I think, is, 
is a lot of the problem. For example, delegates, right? Yeah. Delegates always scared me. I never under I never really understood them. Mm-hmm. Finally, I heard somebody in C sharp land explaining events to a C sharp programmer, and they said, "Oh, well, events they're they're delegates. You know, we just have to write the delegate to get the event." And then I finally went, "Oh, oh, that's that's it, right?" And then. Then I was able to turn to VB programmers and say, oh, "This delegates, you know, it's it's just a way to get events. We get the events for free, right? And these poor C sharp programmers, they have to write some code in order to get the event. I mean, that you know, but so so that's just perspective. And then people go, "Oh, okay, I understand delegates, no big deal." And and so Wizzy, you know, Wizzy is like that for me, and that's what I've been I've been doing a lot with, and also the. Um, one of the things with WYSI that really held me back a lot was not understanding things like digital signing, encryption, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I would read articles. Um, I would listen. I listened to. I didn't sit in on it, but I I listened to it on the on the DVDs, um, like Benjamin Mitchell's talk on WYSI. Um, you know all, the, and he's he's great. You know he's a real plumber, and he really understands the stuff, and he's really great at explaining it. But when it came to those things that are so in, important to what all of is what all of that's happening in WS security, which is you know all those tools, encryption and digital signing and digital signatures, he did you know like a ten second review of it because you know the plumbers they all know that stuff, and I just kept getting stuck. You know he'd moved on and I'm still going. But wait, 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 wait! I don't understand this stuff. So um, that's another one of the things that I'm working hard on. Also, is just saying, all right, I'm going. I learned this stuff. I worked really hard to learn it so that I could explain it to yeah. people, people like me. And it's it's working too, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. getting a lot of really good feedback. You know, thankful people are just grateful. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, at Dev Connections, Dan Appleman did a fundamentals uh, talk called Encryption 101. Which wasn't, you know, it was it wasn't all about digital signing or anything of those things that you're talking about, but it was just like basic encryption, like how does it work? Right. What is it all about? And the the room was packed. It was probably the largest attended session out of all of them. And you know, I've had comments like uh, when I was in the speaker lounge before I did the talk. Uh, Juval was there. Juval Lowy, and, and he's. You know, somebody who really knows this stuff inside and out. And he also has a, a certain perspective about um, what types of programmers need what types of tools, you know, depending yeah. on what they're going to be doing. Right. And he looked at my talk and he said, you don't have to explain that to them. They don't need to know that. Just show them how to click the little check boxes. That's all they need to know. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, that's why I'm doing this yeah. talk. It's it, has it's empowered me, you know. Now I'm comfortable going, not only comfortable going into Wizzy and playing with this stuff, but now it puts more tools in my bag. I, you know, when I got a problem, now I can solve it myself. And and you know, so that makes a a much bigger difference. And you know, I'm not yep. doing the kind of stuff that Michelle Larue Bustamante is doing. You know, I'm not doing all this interop stuff. Um. So 
still, you know, it's really important, I think, to understand the tools that you're working with. Sahil from the chat room asked uh, if you could julie.brainserialize about transactions in SQL 2005, especially in light of Mars, multiple active result sets, best practices, pitfalls to watch for, etc., yeah, actually, I saw he had, we had talked about that a moment when I, for a moment while I was in the chat room. I've actually um, written, although it's in editing, and I'm going to have to totally rewrite it, a an article from SBN magazine on some of the new features of ADO.NET 2.0. In this case, this is different than what I did with Widby with the BCL classes. This isn't the list of you know everything I could find. Um, this is the things that as a developer, um, turned me on. The things I thought were really, really cool in there that, that answered some of my problems. So Mars mm-hmm. is something that um, I didn't dig in too deeply. Um, it was something really interesting for me, but I think as a uh, maybe I'm not working on, uh, you know, the kind of projects I'm working on aren't really, really huge, so it didn't answer, you know, it didn't solve a problem I've been having. But it is actually really interesting because what they're doing is... Um, and, and it works in tandem with SQL 2005. Right now, when you get data back from from your database, it can basically only send one result set down the pipe. And there's like a it's just trying to visualize it. It's like the, visualize it. There's a beginning and an end to the pipe, and it uh-huh. it just kind of snips it off. You know, which is that's the definition, or should I say, it's defined by the beginning and end of the result set. Mm-hmm. And so on the programming end, on the ADO.net end, when we're accessing that stuff, we can only have um, one, am I going to say command or connection? One connection at a time. This is really, this is a real switch over from WYSI, too. Um, and so every you have to just keep making new connections over and over again every time you want to go out and get another piece of, data from your database. So with Mars, we can actually reuse the connections over and over again because they've changed the way that stuff's coming down the pipe. And and therefore, on the ADO.net end, they made the change in SQL Server for 2005, so they made ADO.net smart enough to be able to work with that. Cool. And um, that's about as deep as I, I dare go with it because I haven't dug into it much further than that. All right. Well, let's see. What else do you want to talk about, Julie? Um, well, we could talk about Inetta. You can yeah, let's talk about Inetta. Give me how about, um, you know, this whole chick thing. I actually heard something funny the other day. So maybe we can, we can, we can start there again. Okay. Um, and it actually, it relates to Inetta. I heard that I had been referred to as that there is a, woman in Inetta who is, um, let's see, some, somehow, I wish I knew the phrasing, uh, you know, really evangelizes women programmers to a point that I think I was a little scary to the person who was talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't name me, but when I heard that, I said, oh, that's got to be, I'm sure they're talking about me. Yeah, because there are so many people in Inetta who meet that description, you know. It'd be <laughs> yeah. hard to narrow it down. So. There's so many women in Inetta to, to start with. <laughs> so Inetta's what, actually yeah. going through a, a 
huge evolution, um, and I think actually Annette has been going through an evolution since the day it started. It's just amazing. There's so many user groups in it, and I don't think anybody ever planned um, for Inetta, ever dreamed that Inetta would get so as big as it is now. Yeah. There's so many, so many user groups were so in, involved in so many different things, and um, so one of the, the internally the evolution is that we're really trying to um, re- quickly revamp the infrastructure, you know, of how we work and the website and all of those types of things to accommodate what's really happening. And let me just uh, use the acronym police here. Uh, be the acronym police for INETA. Uh, in case you still don't know what that stands for, it's ah. the, what is it, the International.net Association? That's exactly it. Yeah, and they what they do is they support user groups all around the world. .NET user groups. Yep, .NET oh. user groups. And they fly people like Julie and myself and, well, and Rory. and Oh, not you because you're... No, they have... Um, not me I either. Just, I can give you the, the elevator pitch. On all right, that. sure, go ahead. Bill, I should credit this to Bill Evian. This was his elevator pitch to his initial sponsors. Um, Bill was, is a user group leader in St. Louis. And St. Louis is a big city. They've got access to a lot of resources. And I guess he had gotten together with some other user group leaders who run big user groups in big cities with access to a lot of great resources. And they said, gee, what do poor little user groups in places like, you know, Burlington, Vermont do? Mm -hmm. How do they get people to come speak at their user group? Wouldn't it be great if, you know, we could fly people like, you know, well, or drive (laughs) people like Carl Franklin or, you know, Michelle LaRue Bustamante or um, Chris Sells at the time when when Inetta started because he didn't work for Microsoft. Wouldn't it be really cool if little user groups had access to big-name speakers like that? And that's that's what Inetta got, where it really where its roots come from. Um, yeah. And then it just it just grew like, like crazy because it was such a great idea. It was a wonderful idea. And um, tapping into the network of people who were already really big community cheerleaders for the user group leaders, which is what I was and still am, um, so you've already got you know a huge group of people who are really ready to to help make this kind of stuff happen, mm-hmm. and so it just just took off, you know, and then it flew into Latam, Latin America, right? And they just took it and they did incredible things down there with it. The developer community down there, you wouldn't even believe what it's like and how big and how enthusiastic and how connected it is. And uh, there's a bunch of other regions around the country, so we've actually kind of split up. It's still Inetta, but um, there is, you know, Inetta North America. Right. Sort of delegating responsibility to regions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the people in those regions understand the dynamics of their region a lot better. So it makes more sense. Yeah. So, so, so that's been going. A lot of, a lot of new groups have been coming into Inetta. Any, anything else, uh, happening in that space? I mean, there's a lot, uh, the Speakers Bureau, is it growing? You know, for example. Well, the Speakers Bureau, I, I think they're going to grow it again or do some shifting in it. You know, growing it sometimes also means, you know, if there's speakers who Pruning, don't want to yeah. be in the Speaker Bureau anymore. Right. Uh, for one reason or another, um, so I don't know if there's going to be the number is going to be bigger or they're just going to, you know, kind of refresh it right. again at the right. beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, and there's other other things that Annetta does. I mean, the Speaker Bureau is like a number one 
there's all kinds of community stuff. There's, um, you know, a lot of the, the people who are liaisons around, the, like in, in the U.S., they, they work closely with the user group leaders in their area, and then mm -hmm. they end up coming up with events like the, the Heartland User Conference. Hmm. You know, it's a bunch of user group leaders getting together and putting, putting together an event. There's also Ineta Academic, which has gotten very, very involved in helping hmm. out with, um, with university groups, um, hmm. university students. They're, help, they're being really instrumental now in helping run the Imagine Cup, which is this incredible competition that happens all over the world. And it, it peaks by having... Is that a developer competition? I think it's in Singapore or Japan or somewhere, somewhere in, in Asia this year. And, and is that a, Julie, is that a developer competition? What is that? It's for student developers. And actually it has, um, they, they change it a little bit every year. I think there's four different competitions. Oh, wait, so is this the thing of, that Kathleen is, was talking about? Kathleen Dollard, was she talking Kathleen about? I Kathleen was because Kathleen is very involved and very excited in student programs. Yeah, yeah, I remember so this. this. The Imagine Cup, I, I don't know if it's for high school or just college. Um, but I know it's definitely college, and they have each college will have a team, and then they have a regional competition against different teams. So they set out these goals. The competition sets out these goals, and mm -hmm. they, um, the team will come up with their own idea for an application. Last year, they had to do something that was a uh, compact framework, a compact framework type of an application. So come up with a great idea and implement the great idea. And so they had competitions, you know, all over the world, and then then they would take the winners of those and have them regionally. So then there was a Canadian winner and winners in different regions, and then they had a competition down in Brazil. Cool. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, that's really cool. So Ineta Academic, um, Jeff Julian is really involved in that, and uh, Jason Barris, but... Last I heard, there are like forty people on their um, on their committee. Wow, they're doing a lot of stuff. Wow. Hey, if you don't mind, if I could turn this back to the tablet PC thing, um, hey, that would be cool. and specifically your Doodle application. <laughs> now, this is uh, interesting because it's a web application that yeah. you can doodle on with a tablet, right? Yeah. To me, that was like the last thing I wanted to be able to, you know, like. Before we had that ability, that was the last place, right? The last bastion yeah. of my computer where I couldn't couldn't use my pen. Right. Wait, though. Explain though. Explain in some detail what you mean by that. Yeah. By by this being a tablet web app. Um, the tablet has internally in 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 the tablet operating system, it has the, uh, you know, you have the ability to do ink, and it also has the um, which is the, the, you know, the, it's the interface where you can actually write in there and it will automatically do the handwriting recognition. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm always... Um, yeah, the tablet input panel. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's, that's part of that. And then there's the whole inking ability. So if you op actually opened up uh, an internet application, a web application that had a form on it, you could actually still um, ink with the control, say you had a, a data entry form, you could actually use the tip, and the tip would, you know, take the ink, recognize it, and then insert that into the control on the screen. But you couldn't 
literally right into the control on the screen. You you couldn't do that. Does that you, can you visualize what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so the tablet team made a change in the API where you can now use uh, Windows Forms control to put on a web page, and then you make the Windows Forms control ink-enabled. And then, voila, you've got ink ability to literally draw right on the form in your, in your web page. And um, the reason they didn't do it before was because there was some, some security problems with the way the controls worked. So they just modified how they were hooking in to the API, um, you know, into the Win32 API. Because one of the things a lot of people don't understand or don't realize about the API for working with Tablet PC is it's a COM API with a really, really nice .NET wrapper around it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's like I've always make sure there's like 20 slides inserted in my presentation <laughs> that says don't forget to dispose, you know, all over the place um, because because you're doing interop there. So wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean you mean the wow? So the API isn't handling that stuff for you because it it feels like a really good solid .NET API. I actually didn't know that there was. Um, wow. They did an incredible job with it. I mean, it really is definitely working with the .NET application. You, 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 that's, that's why I make a point of reminding people over and over again, you know, you've got to dispose because it's all, right. it's all calm stuff. So anyway, with the um, Windows, so you can create these Windows Forms controls and, you know, do almost the same way you would in a Windows application that you were enabling for Inc. You would just create, do the same thing, and you would create a Windows Form control and then in the same way that you would implement any other Windows Forms control into a, uh, an ASP.NET page, you do that here also um, with an object tag. Mm -hmm. um, and then because they, they fix the way it, the um, ink hooks into the control, and what I mean by that is if you have, an ob if you have a a control, if you have an object like a, a text box or a picture box or something like that that's on your Windows form, say you're doing a Windows application, and you want to make that ink enabled, you create one of the ink components, and then on the Windows side, you would pass in the Windows, the pointer, right, to the window, the, the Windows handle. And the Windows handle is the thing that was the problem. So they changed it so that you can just make a reference to the actual window, um, the form, or whatever, or the little control, maybe it's a hmm. text box or something that you want to ink enable. So without the Windows handle now, it's able to do it, and that's how they got around the security problem. Because otherwise people had to do things like fully trust a website, et cetera. Because really, when you're doing that, it's really downloading, the, it's downloading that control into your, into your cache, into the GAC. Julie, what's the URL for that uh, for that Doodle app? The Doodle app. Oh, so that is. Um, so let me explain what the Doodle app is, and then I'll, I'll say what the URL is. So I just wanted to see how that, this worked. I, I wanted to say, wow, that's really cool. But you know, if I can't figure out how to do it, then then this then it's not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to be able to actually do it. So I created an application for um, drawing doodles, and that's on my website. So it's at thedatafarm.com. Mm -hmm. slash doodle.aspx. 
and there you can draw. So I, I made um, just a basic interface for drawing. You can pick a bunch of different colors. Um, you can pick a bunch of different pen thicknesses and transparencies. I didn't put undo in there. I realized after watching a couple of people play with it, I need to modify it and put some undo in there. So it's not a full-blown drawing application because it's just proof of... It's more of like a demo. It's like a tech demo. Like, look, I can do ink in a web page. Yeah. It's proof of concept. But I try to um, take it all the way um, because there's some, there's some things about persist the way you persist it and you would spit it out to another page. Um, and I wanted to be able to incorporate what I... The, that drawing into a into a bigger page, so that was a little complicated mm -hmm. to do, but I figured it out, which is what I did my presentation on, actually. And this isn't going to work in uh, Firefox, right? This is only going to work in IE. Um, as far as I know, this stuff only works in IE, but I have not tried it anywhere else. Okay. So I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I mean, it's, it's basically uh, the, the requirement uh, yeah. is IE. But I've never seen I've never seen anybody say I tried it in Firefox and it did not work. And you don't have to have a tablet to actually go there, right? No, you can. Uh, you have to have a tablet to actually. Um, you can if you have Windows XP Service Pack two on mm -hmm. your computer, even on your desktop, mm -hmm. then you've got the tablet PC okay. operating system on there, and you can actually you should be able to draw even with your mouse okay. onto that screen. I discovered that by accident the other cool. day. I, I could draw with my mouth. So well, you, you yeah. don't have, a, have to have a tablet to look at the page. Um, it's a lot easier to draw on the page with a pen, mm -hmm. but I discovered I can draw on the page really badly with a, with a mouse. Yeah. Um, and then when you create your picture, you can save the picture, and then you can download it or do whatever you want with it because it becomes, um, I think it becomes a GIF or BMP or right. something like that. So Very then cool. you can actually right-click on it and save as. But you can also save it to my gallery. Yeah. And so you can um, go to the gallery and look and see some of the different doodles people like Carl have done. You can see a big difference between doodles I've done, which are like smiley faces. <laughs> Carl's is this really extensive drawing. <laughs> I couldn't it wasn't that expensive. That out. But, you know, that's, that's the difference between a, a pen, you know, and... Rory, Rory knows the difference. I mean, the fact that you can just use a pen right. to write right on your computer screen—it's mm -hmm. yep. just—it just changes everything. If you're interested in something like drawing or making cartoons or something like that. Well, Julie, we're almost out of time. Do you have any last-minute words of advice or calls to action or anything you want to say to anybody or in general before we go? Oh, I haven't. Uh, call to action. Um, I don't know. Read my weblog. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> call to all action. All the things that I think about. Um, Send me some I chocolates. I think also, to, you know, start definitely, if you haven't started looking at uh, Whidbey yet, definitely start playing with it. Mm -hmm. um, get used to it and look a little deeper than what's on the surface and all the popular stuff people are talking about. Yeah. And if you have a chance to play with a tablet, definitely go play with a tablet. Definitely. And along those lines, if anybody wants to get a copy of Whidbey, of uh, Visual Studio uh, 2005 Beta 1 Refresh, come to an MSDN event at msdnevents.com and you'll walk away with a DVD with that on it. Just plug in that for, How cool you know, is that? my guys, my team, my boys. 
Yeah, and the and DVD gals. also has a bunch of Inetta videos on it, doesn't it? It's just it's just got a bunch of stuff. And, and some Dynamite Rocks like episodes and everything else. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Julie, from uh, myself and Rory out there in Portland, Oregon, and Julie Lerman in Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, Jeff Maciolik in the sound room. This is Carl Franklin in New London, Connecticut, saying goodnight and, well, <laughs> goodnight. 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 <laughs> <laughs>